Now, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. We were speaking with uh, one and only a KISS manager, Doc McGee and uh, Alan Nevin. Alan, how long has it been since you and Doc have actually seen each other? Wow. Scorpions tour, I think. I think I think it I think it was Scorps, was it? Yeah, I think that was good. Ah, yeah. It's been a long time, man. Yeah. Uh, the, wait, the Scorpions tour with Great White would go back to nineteen eighty-four? No, 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 no. It's eighty oh, no, no, it's Savage, Savage Amusement, so eighty-nine. Eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Eighty-nine or ninety. Yeah. 80, yeah, eighty-nine or ninety. Wow. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Now I yeah. I wanted to start off with this because we are going to talk about KISS 2020 goodbye uh, live from the Atlantis in Dubai and and Doc you're going to love this because I, I mentioned this to Alan and Alan tell me exactly what you said about this event. Um, I thought it was a fucking brilliant idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. So I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a great way to do New Year's Eve. I thought it was a great way to have an extravaganza that connect to people in some way, shape, or form. It was, to me, it was a great idea. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, so Bill Beats pulling up in an SUV in a parking lot and trying to walk the band. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure I could get Kiss. And, you know, with Kiss, you just can't do a drive-in or you can't do a, something from your house or on a, on a stool. You know, Kiss blows shit up. We go, you know, we do, you know, Kiss is a... A must-see is a, you know, as much as, you know, whether it's music or, or or theatrics or kabuki or whatever, you you have to do it. You have to do a big one, Kiss. It's just, I mean, that, that's what it is. It's got to be big or go home. That's that's pretty much. Yeah. Or, or stay home. <laughs> so that's, yeah, about, stay home. So that's about that's about it. But uh, so you know, we just. You know, when we started this, well, we didn't start it, but I mean, we, you know, we got, we had four shows left and we got canceled and COVID on uh, like the 12th or 13th of March. And, um, and we've been sitting around and, you know, the live music business has just gone to shit. And uh, we, we all know all the problems. So, so you don't have to go through them, but, and you kept saying, well, how do we do something that's that people can actually connect with and can be and can have fun with versus you know seeing somebody on their piano at home singing a song or in their garage or going to a drive-in movie theater uh and seeing somebody play which is all great because everybody's trying to do something live you know what i mean trying to get something moving. So I take my hats off to everybody that, that did that and, uh, you know, and Paisley and, and uh, Darius and, and all the people and, and Billy Eilish who, who decided to do a step up from that and do, you know, do her little pay-per-view that she did and did a great job with it um, and a good team. And then we just thought, what is the best way when Australia, I'm talking to Australia, redoing my tour and they're not doing anything. They're locked down. London's not doing anything. LA's not doing anything. Nobody's doing anything on New Year's Eve except running reruns and, you know, the same COVID at homes kind of things. And we just said, listen, let's kiss 2020 goodbye the right way. Let's go out and find a place that we can blow it up and make everybody happy because that's all. I mean, kiss is just kiss isn't political. Kiss isn't uh, religious. Isn't uh, isn't a religious movement or any of that shit. All we are is to have fun. Do what you can in life to have fun. You know, have a, the best time. Do what you want to do. And so we just said, that, well, actually. Uh, uh, you know Dan Quintero from uh, from City Drive. Mm -hmm. He was uh, he you know he did uh, um, he did the Foo Fighters uh, at the Acropolis and he did uh, the Peppers I think at the um, Pyramids and he did Andre Bocelli and 
and at least so he's got this company called uh, Landmarks. Right. And so we started talking a year and a half ago about doing something. And so then we said, well, what's the best place in the world? Well, the stepping stone to Europe is the middle of it is Dubai. And it's the Vegas of kind of Europe. It's that spot and it's only 50 years old. It's about as old as the band. Okay. <laughs> so we started about the same time. And so we went over there and talked to everybody and, you know, they're very COVID minded. They're very, uh, uh, they're very strict in the fact of having fun. And that's all we do. You know, we don't. Are you going to have to uh, do any quarantining coming back or going when you get back from there? Well, we're, we're hoping. Through heat, through hoops. Well, we have, we've spent an awful lot of time, money, and energy working with a consulting team from uh, the American Hospital in Dubai to uh, just we have probably eight or 10 consultants that are sitting there putting mandates together with the band today started rehearsals. And that was, everybody had to, you know, everything had to be cleaned in the rooms. Nobody could be in the room with the bands. The band had social distancing. We had testing for the seven people that were involved in the project. Everybody was negative. Everybody's staying in there. You know, we're all trying, we're just all doing our part. Hey, listen, it's a pain in the ass, but guess what? The world has changed, you know, man. And so you can't, you can't go back and say anything, but the world has changed and let's do it. Let's, let's show people you can have fun during all this. You can watch a great rock show. We can film it with 50 cameras. You can see it up close and personal. You can see it in theaters in four months. You know, we 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 have a whole plan. And then of course, Hopefully we tour. And how many tons of pyro are you using, Doc? Well, right now, uh, I don't have the exact tonnage, but I know that it's the biggest pyro show. Uh, it breaks the Guinness Book of World's Records. So we've spent... Even, spend even, more than, huh? even more than they put in the barges on the Thames? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, oh, we're, that, we're, doing like two. we're doing like a million two. Oh, so it's um, uh, so we will we're breaking some some world records for pyro and cameras and largest stage and the stage is insane. We're building it right now. I wish I could send it to you so you could see it. Uh, I've seen it. it. It's up there on on Kiss Online. You can follow. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just spectacular. Now, in terms of uh, of the band's performance. Uh, are they doing something extended? Are they doing one set, two sets? Are they doing three hours? I mean, or no, we're doing about two hours and 10 minutes. We'll okay. probably do two hours and 10 minutes. We'll have a few surprises in there for everybody. Um, we'll have, you know, uh, it's just, there's so many great things because a lot of things you couldn't do because of a, you, you had uh, an audience. Okay, so you couldn't shoot them from different angles because, you know, there were people there, okay? You couldn't put things on fire because there was people there. We couldn't shoot shit over things that we, you know, that people were there. So, so now we have, you know, we have a free reign of what to do, and it's going to be pretty insane. I mean, you know, the band keeps, I get, keep getting, wow. 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 And then these guys don't wow. <laughs> you know, she the bar that wow guys, right? So, and they're like really, really jazzed because it's the biggest rock show they'll ever do. It's a massive show. Let me ask you this because with COVID and stuff, we're, we're seeing innovation. I mean, we, nobody was doing streaming last year. Is yeah. this something that you can see for your band and other bands that you manage where you say, hey, you know what? At the end of every year, let's go to New Year's. Let's go to Vegas. Let's go to L.A. We'll rent out one place and we'll just make a worldwide show. Does, does that become part of the plan moving forward or is it just, well, no, it's necessity for this year. We'll do it. And like, can you see you know something? Shit happens. OK. And, you know, Alan will tell you, 
you don't really, you don't think of anything in the future, really. You, you don't, you don't have artists write songs because they think they're going to change the way people think of music. The people that write great songs write songs because they're great fucking songs and they just wanted to write a song. Okay. They didn't, they didn't go, I'm going to poet of a generation. And if they are those people that say that they never happen. So we don't worry about it. So, you know, we, when I did Moscow and, you know, the peace festival and stuff, I didn't think it was going to change the world. I didn't think the fucking wall was coming down and stuff, but it somehow it all tumbled at the same time. So this is just an extension of if things are worth doing, they're worth overdoing. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like, you know, you, it's, it's kind of like setting things to say, don't, don't let people tell you you can't do shit. Okay. If you, if you want to do them, go do them, do your dream. You know, man, do your dream. Go, go do your shit. I mean, it's not like it's, it's, it's just a matter of taking steps. You know, like they say, you know, life's like a dog sled. Unless you're the lead dog, the view is always the same. Well, that's pretty much what it is. Okay. So you have to go out there and do your shit and go out and then explore and do things that are different. And, and that's what we're trying to say. And live music is it. Yeah. And and we've all been part of that 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 passion of, of music and that's been certainly great to all of us. Okay. And and for all these years and I'm blessed that I've been able to be part of this. And it's uh so it's just one of those moments that you just go, let's do it, you know. Can, can I ask you uh, something to to both of you back back in the eighties? Uh, you know, Alan, you were doing Great White and Guns N' Roses and, and, and Doc, you were doing Motley Crue and, and uh, Bon Jovi. Was there a sense of competitiveness between different managers where like, oh, he's out? Or was there a sense of I'm keeping an eye on him? Did, did you sort of know each other in terms of a, you know, a sporting kind of thing where, oh, I got I got to outdo Guns. I got to outdo Motley. Was, was there any of that going on? No, absolutely not. I would yeah. say if I felt anything from Doc McGee, it was a sense of empathy it, because I think we were both going through extraordinary uh, uh, things behind the scenes. And we'd both look at each other and go, I know what you're dealing with. You know, I've got an empathy with you. Um, it wasn't competitive at all. And I'd have to say that um, my personal experience, Doc was generous and was... There was a time when I needed a tour and said, well, come out with us then. You know, we went out with the Scorpions. It was non-competitive. And I think on a personal level, there was a sense of understanding between people who did what we did and what we had to do. But I will say this. Um, for my money, and you got, you got a, a hint of this, Mitch, when we were looking at doing this, this, uh, this interview, I had talked to the band, no thanks, I'd rather talk to Doc. He's far more entertaining, he's far more interesting, and I'd, I'd much rather do an interview with Doc than his bands. <laughs> well, you know, and I, all of us, you know, Alan, Bill Kirbishley, uh, Sharon Osbourne, uh, Peter and Cliff, uh, all, all the guys that have been around and been part of this, Elliot Roberts, Irving Azoff. It's kind of like, hey, do we all go, that fucker did it again? Of course we do, okay, to different people. We, we all have, we all go, Jesus Christ, they did it again, or he did it again, or he pulled this off, which inspires us to go do other things and then to work harder at what we do, just because... We like being in the game. We are in a game. We're in it. We're and we're in a crazy. And we have to be crazier than the band, if that's fucking possible. Okay. But if we're not, okay. If we're not, they are crazy us. Okay, which is has been happened to us all. Okay. We lose that hold on them. Because they want uh, they want somebody that inspires them. They want that they 
if you're sitting there telling them they can't do this and they can't do that, that isn't the, that isn't why they fucking came to me. Okay. They came to me because they go, this guy's fucking nuts. He will do crazy shit. And that's what we do. You know what I mean? And so we just try to do it in the best fashion that you can do it in without killing people or too many of them. And, and, uh, and, inspire other artists and you know i love i've always said to my bands no matter who they are bon jovi motley scorp skids james brown whatever they've i always say if i put a band on i never would ever uh step on their sound stop them you know that alan i would never say you can't do this you can't you can't use this part of the stage. You can't do, I go fucking do it do whatever you have to do because we want to push our band. So when 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 Kiss is sitting back there and I've got Sepatura fucking down on her knees, right? Fucking blowing it up in South America, and Paul Stanley is sitting under here getting his makeup on and the and the whole place is shaking, he looks at me and says I better do some shit tonight, <laughs> okay? I love that because that inspires them to go, you know, so you need to have that. You need to have that competition with the bands of just do playing harder, doing more stuff. Uh, so, but with the managers, you know, we all, we're all here trying to do the same thing, trying to, trying to get through life with, with these people that, and trying to make them pretty good human beings as they were doing it. That's possible. It looks, like it looks like it's keeping you young, Doc. You obviously still have big appetite. Well, you know something? I've, I, I haven't had a bad day since my mother dropped me off in kindergarten. Okay? I live a very, very charmed life. And always have. And, and uh, have no idea how all this is has come about or or and i'm thankful to all my artists that it and and other managers and alan you and really with guns and and you know how that was that was fucking insane um you know when we had the old uh you know the the you know the motley guns tour uh that almost killed all of us yeah, you know, the Dark yep. Angels tour, uh, but um, but it was but it was fun. You know, when you look back on it, it was funny. It wasn't that funny then, but uh, there's so many because it's so outrageous. It's like people say to me, "So, what do you think of the dirt?" You know, man, the movie The Dirt, and I go, "Well, I'm not sure if it was a great film or not." You know, I mean, you know. The, because it, you know, you get your director did jackass, and so you get jackass. But, uh, but what it did do was show kids that are fifteen to twenty-five years old, or fourteen to twenty-five, who can watch it, something that they never saw in their fucking lives, and they probably will never see. The decadence that went on in the eighties, you will never be repeated. And maybe it shouldn't, okay? But, but it's but it was just that time period that we were all in that was magic at that time. Probably at the same to you know same kind of thing when when James Gang and and uh, Vanilla Fudge and and the the Who and everybody was coming up. And ELO and all that kind of stuff that was before me, you know what I mean? Uh, that that started it. That was a magical time. It was a so we just happened to be in this one magical moment of the eighties. You know, it was a great moment. Well, I think I think we were lucky enough to uh, basically ride out the last rock and roll wave, especially <laughs> as far as LA is concerned. I mean, we caught the last wave, and it was a good one. Yeah, I I couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, so, Doc, I have to ask. Sure. How is it to manage Guns N' Roses? 
You know something? <laughs> it, it's uh, the the band itself are great guys. It's just a, it's just all the shit that goes on around it. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Axel is a really really smart kid. He's he's very musical. He's very uh, you know. I learned a lot. I sat and talked with him a lot, which I you know I we tried in the early days, but we never really got to sit and talk much. And uh, you know he's he's got a big heart. He's very generous, but he never gets he never got a chance to really be anything to be what he wanted to be is what I kind of got from it. So it was it was tough in the sense of that there were so many factors that came into the, to the you know, managing them that, you know, it just kind of imploded, you know, and, and I, you know, and really they, they always wanted to manage themselves anyways, or, you know, that group. And, you know, Duff is this very Duff. Well, you remember we had, I was in Germany with Duff Though the whole band in Germany, we had Skid Row with uh, the guns, and uh, we were out. And Duff's uh, kid, who was taking care of him, headbutted him because he was out of control. He went to the hospital. He tested positive for like twenty-seven different drugs. <laughs> so it was pretty. It was just, they, they, but but they wrote amazing records. That they they were there in that moment, whether or not it'll ever happen again. It was that you know, it was that record that you just can't repeat. And they didn't just you were there because you were part of it writing and everything else. Um, it was just one of those things that the stars aligned and the five guys came out and did did, did this, you know. Essel wasn't even supposed to be the singer. You know what I mean? He was a keyboard player. Mm-hmm. You know, and Izzy went, well, we lost the singer, you got to sing. <laughs> well, I can't sing. He goes, well, then you're out of the band. <laughs> so, you know, it's just all those things that came up and then when everything blows up, the world changes for people. You know, it just, and then, and then I, you know, my favorite part, I'm writing a book and I have been forever, but so don't, we don't have to get into that. But one of my favorite uh, chapters in the book is called before the zero, when it was fun, you know, man, when, when it was kids that would play pay toilets and use their own change, they would, you know, fucking sleep on floors, write songs, sit there and really emotionally get into music the way that we, that you knew that had to be that way. And when you saw that, that's the magic. And then when the dollars come, it all, it all gets fucked up. So it, 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 uh, then you got every girlfriend, wife, mother, father, lawyer, business manager, you got all the fucking geniuses that weren't there when there was no zeros. Okay. And that fucks them all up. Then it's, well, how come I, sh- I shouldn't write with him because I need the public. I shouldn't write, you know, and it just gets all fucked up. So, so I love that part that I was able to be at, thankfully on most of my artists of that infancy stage of, of watching them, become become great artists on the earlier side of their life. You know what I mean? That kind of thing, if that makes any sense. It does. Of course it does. Beginnings are the best, Doc. Yeah, it really is. It really is. uh, Let me me ask you another one. Mm -hmm. Um, If you could go back, if you had a time machine, of all the people that you've admired, who would you have loved to have worked with that you didn't work with? Well, a couple of, a couple of artists 
One was Rage Against Machine. I I really really like that band. I I tried everything to 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 get involved in that because I really I really really liked Rage. I you know I liked what they were saying for and, and they and it meant something. Ed Shearing would be one. I I. I He's just a real person. He's a real artist to me. He's. Oh, uh, I would say. I I would say something. And probably, uh, like anybody else, would be the Stones or the Beatles. If I could, if I could go back in time, I mean, I think that Epstein did an amazing job with the Beatles. You know, they were only together six years, and he was only around four of them. But, um, but to to do the things he did was pretty fucking amazing. And having those, you know, you have you got George Harrison and Ringo, and people go, "Well, they're not really songwriters. These guys are great songwriters. They just happen to be with two guys that are the best songwriters in the world." Okay, so you know, so you go. Yeah, of course they're not going to be looked at as great songwriters, even though they're amazing. So, you know, they. I disagree with you on that one. I think "All Things Must Pass" George Harrison is an absolute monumental record. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I I love it, but I'm just saying that most most people wouldn't say that they were great songwriters. I would, because yeah. I believe they are. It's just that they just happen to be in the band so with Lennon and McCartney that are just right. So you know, songs that are just insane. So, so it's so I would say yeah, I would say that. But I mean, the the only ones I really I really missed, and one country artist, and one country artist Who's that, that Johnny Cash. No, 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 no. That I, that I really wanted, I, that I really wanted to manage him was Little Big Town. Oh wow! I really, I really, I. They're the best at what they do, man. You know, and their genre. I mean, Darius is awesome, and I've had so much success with Darius and with Hootie and breaking the country. But you know, it's just one of those things that I would have wanted to do. You know. Let me ask you just real quick, getting back to Kiss for a second. How was that becoming their manager? Because, you know, Gene and Paul know what they want. They know what they're doing. So what can Dog McGee bring to them? And how come, you know, we're now on our 25th year of the relationship. How does it work? How do they not just say, hey, Doc, I'm Paul Stanley. I know what I'm doing. Um, because this well, has been a fantastic here's the, relationship. Here's the, best, here's the best thing. Right. It's... It's easy to deal with people that know what they're what they can and can't do. Okay, it's not easy to deal with somebody that believes that they know everything. Gene and Paul wanted to be managed to the point of they wanted to have creative ideas and people to to kind of set the and watch them in kiss to protect kiss from from them and everybody else okay because you get you get so close to it so so we had a really good partnership because we can talk so freely with each other because they understand it they understand what i do it's like you know certain artists have said to me older artists they go Will you come and manage me here? Talk to me about management. And I go, see, the problem is you're commissionable. You're just not manageable. Okay. So I can commission you for a short period of time until you go, what the fuck did you do for me? You'll fire me because you'll never listen to what I'm telling you because you think you know what you're doing. Okay. So Gene and Paul love the fact that. You know, when we put the making back together, that, you know, everybody was saying, well, maybe we should go do a theater. And I go, fuck that. Let's do Tiger Stadium. You know what I mean? Let's go do the things. Let's go do Dubai. 
Let's go do, let's play everywhere. Let's play Bucharest. Let's play, you know, and build this back to being the biggest band in the world because that's what you want to be. And if you don't want to be the biggest band in the world, don't fucking come and see me, okay? Because <laughs> you're going to work, okay? And, and I got to say, one of the best things you've done, I thought that pairing with David Lee Roth earlier this year was, was just a brain it was just, it was just, it was brilliant. That was just such a brilliant you know, pair. That, that whole tour, I'll tell you what, two things came. David was great because David said, hey, I'm going to play Van Halen. I'm going to play my hits. I'm not playing new shit. I'm not doing that. He put together a band that sounded fucking amazing. Okay. He's a, he's a professional, all that stuff. And people want to hear it all that Van Halen stuff, man. And, you know, you know, all the stuff. So I would sit out there and watch them because I really enjoyed it. The other thing on that tour, I put a painter on. Yeah, he, he was and, great. And he was amazing. Yes. And the band goes, you know, what the fuck are you doing? You want to put a painter on? I go, well, what am I going to do? Put the fuck sticks on? And they, they, uh, nobody knows them and they're out there for 30 minutes and they, they get tortured and nobody wants to see a band in front of Kiss. Put somebody up there that's entertaining, that we could sell the paintings for charity and make money for charity afterwards. We may raise a lot of money, you know, for, for different charities around the world. So those are the kind of fun things that we did. So, But you're right. I mean, David is, it was fun to put David on. Uh, listen, on, as you know, I came out to that show in New Hampshire. I think it was yeah. the first show. That was it. Was just a fun night. There was zero complaints. It was just a fun night. Um, Alan, I want to ask you this: When Doc was done with Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi was put in touch with you to manage them, and you said, "Eh, I don't think so." Talk to me just quickly about why you didn't want to take. It's just is Doc just a hard act to follow? Doc is always going to be a hard act to follow. Um, and I like to think uh, in certain ways I was too. Uh, for me, it was real simple. Um, I found two things. The, the first thing was that he was just an entertainer to me. I didn't see a great writer. I didn't see a great thinker. And when we did the final meeting we had, he came in with an accountant and a tour manager and himself, and I'm going... What happened to having a drink at the bar and seeing if we could be minds that met? I mean, am I intimidating you? You know, so it just didn't, didn't get my blood going, my enthusiasm going. Um, I'm, one, I'm, I'm the idiot who wasn't in it for the money. I was in it for the music and the artistry. Doc's a lot smarter than I am. He was definitely in for the money too. Well, you know, can I tell I think that also, Alan, you know, and I think it doesn't work for everybody, but I think you're one of those people a little lot like I am. If you do things for money, you will never make any. You know, if you do things for, for, for your heart and your soul and, you, and people see it, they give you money. They want you to be there. You know, they, yes. they, they want that. The person that sits there and wants to be calculated is never going to be happy with themselves. They will never be fulfilled at whatever they do. You know, well, that, if, you're for, if you're in it for the right reason, Doc, you'll probably agree with this. I, I say to people, it wasn't a job. It was a way of life. Yes. It was 24-7, 365, and believe you me, that phone call could come at any time of day or night. Sure. But that's what, but that's what I, and I was never pissed off that that's the way I had to live. You know, man. So, because I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved getting married in uh, 86 in August and not coming back with my wife to California till March. Okay, because I was had four bands on the road around the world, and we just traveled the world doing shows with uh, everywhere, and never even got home. Okay, so it was 
that's what I did because I stayed on the road with my bands. I wasn't the guy that stayed. And maybe and people go, why do you do that? That's crazy. I go, well, what's crazy is if you're not there because the shit off, you're going to, I feel worse because I don't know what's going on. I do know what's going on if I'm there. So, yes. And so they really, they really need, you know, more protection than anything, you know, and there are different ways of doing it. You, but I think there's a lot of building accountability into artists and to, you know, from promoters to everything else to make sure that when you leave there, you didn't leave butt with everybody. You didn't, you know, you stood up, you owned your shit. If you owed money, you paid it. You didn't, you didn't try to fuck somebody because it, it's only money. But when I when I come back there again, I don't want people to go that I fucked them or that, that the band fucked them. That wasn't, that was never my, that's the thing I hated the most. Okay. I, I never, you know, I never want, that's why I never hardly got guarantees because I didn't want to get into the business of sitting there with a promoter in South America that had his car keys trying to give me his car because he couldn't pay the fucking money. You know what I mean? I just, and, and you go, wow, this guy's losing this fucking house. And they just were three hours late going on fucking stage while this guy loses his fucking life. Okay. And then that's the shit that I won't put up with. I can't fucking do it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I just can't, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, everybody around you is the manager. They all want to be the manager. Everybody, road managers, fucking guitar techs, yep. fucking pyro guy, whoever the fuck you have, the record company guy, he comes in. Oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm, he gets fired. So he, what, what does he say? Well, you know, I think I'm going to be a manager. I go, really? I go, you know what that's like? That's like shooting baskets in your fucking driveway, making a bunch and saying that you're going to go play in the NBA. You have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And so the name of my book is called Everyone's a Bull Rider Till Someone Opens the Gate. Okay? So. Okay. It's, it's because everybody wants to be something. Well, if you want to be something, get on the fucking bull and go ride it. Okay? And if you can't ride the bull, get the fuck off. <laughs> go do something else. But. It's just, it, it senses me on everything. And even as an artist, you, know, you have to fight with artists, as you know, every day to say, who are you? You know what I mean? What are you trying to, what are you trying to give to people? You know what I mean? Now, Bruce Springsteen will say that he, he never worked in the factory and he never drove the cars and he did all this, but he wrote his, all the songs about it and his career. But he believed it. He and people believed him. You know, Adele, they believed him. They believed Axe. They believed Guns N' Roses. You know, amazingly, because they owned it. Kiss, they own it. They fucking go walk out in 1973 to 1976. They got shit thrown at them, thrown off of tours. Ridiculed, didn't sell any records, you know. What I mean, just it blew shit up, and they stuck with it because that was them, okay. And they and they own that, whether it's good or bad, whether you like them or you don't like them, okay. That's the part to me that's the artist. They own it, okay. And when they own it, they walk out there and they look. Ted Nugent, okay. You can, people can say what they want to about Ted or whatever. You know what Ted's philosophy is? True. And I, you know, I don't hang with him that much, but I, he looks at me and he goes, I play this show like it's my last show. Every show. 
every show he goes, I don't care if there's fucking two people out there or 200,000 people out there, okay? I play this like it's my last fucking time I'll ever get on the stage. And you go, that's fucking Phil Asamo from, you know, from Pantera. Fucking aggressive goes at those type, that type of stuff when you own shit and you can convince people that you own with that and you know how many there's there's fucking hardly any people out there that can do that you know the rest of them are manufactured and you have a hit song oh we need a hit song yeah okay well, you, well if you're in the pop world I guess you need a hit song you know, what you need is you need to have some nuts. You have to know who you are. And then what you sing, people will. Has it ever appealed to you, Doc, to think about doing a label? I mean, you know, in this day and age, it's not exactly the most encouraging project to take on. But with your kind of bloodstream and your kind of fire, I mean, it, it's heartbreaking to me to see people who are working exclusively with interns, algorithms, numbers. Back in the day, darling, we didn't have fucking numbers. We had our instinct and we had our taste. And yeah. that was it because, you know, back in the... I mean, when I first came across Motley Crue, they were the joke of Hollywood. Yeah. And, when I, and when I came across them, I couldn't have been lower in the, in, in the barrel. I mean, they came down to this tiny little distribution company in the South Bay and said, put our record out, you know, yeah. um, because they'd got every door slammed in their face. Um, no numbers, no algorithms, just, yeah. oh, piece of your action. Yes, yeah. I like that. Let's do that. Well, that's, but that's what, listen, everybody, I, I say this a lot. I mean, it's about, uh, okay, this world beats, beats you in and beats everybody into the middle. Okay? Right. The world beats you to fucking conform. Okay? The reason why artists, whether they're musical artists, whether they're painters, you know, carpenters, whatever, those people, those special people are somewhat autistic because they focus on things that aren't normal, okay? They hear shit that people in the middle don't hear. They, I, so I never looked for anybody in the middle. I never, I never went down the middle road. I was way off in the fucking woods on the left and the right. I was in deep water. Okay. Like a golf game? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> I'm still there, by the way. I'm still fucking hacking. No, I hear you're really good with the club. But, you know, so, and that's the, that's the shit that keeps me uh, energized and it gives me the faith to continue to find artists. Okay. Mm. Now, as we get older, you know what I mean? The and the way the analytics of okay, you put a signal out, and we've had so many artists with my brother and and things that you go through these these analytics of okay, what we have to do is we have to get uh, we have to see what you're doing on the streaming before we get to this, before we get to uh, terrestrial radio. Then you have to do this, and you have to. I go, who the fuck says this stuff? <laughs> Who comes up with this? Okay, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't even. You're speaking fucking Swahili to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, okay, I have no idea, nor do I want to know. If I have to do that, I might as well fucking go to work. You know, at Apple or something, or Spotify or something, right? So I can sit around and have a business model. We used to sit around, do a bag of blow, and come up with shit to change the world. Okay, that's how I grew up. Not that, not that that's what everybody should be doing. Okay, but it's certainly you can't. If all I can tell you, if somebody comes up with it in those meetings, 
be a fucking miracle that didn't come up with any shit that means anything to anybody. Yeah. A waste of fucking time. Yeah. Can, can you imagine the 1980s based on algorithms and metrics? What are the metrics involved? It's like the metrics. Well, we had we had algorithm and metrics. It was it was pay DJs, give them blow, do everything to play our music. <laughs> okay. Get the promoter to put as much money as he could in but to, to advertise your your shit. Come up with the craziest logos and merchandise things that you could have. Get as many chicks involved as you can because they run the world. We know that. And so that's how easy it is. So when you start getting into the algorithm and you've got to take this stuff to take this stuff, I'm fucking out. Okay. I, I don't, I don't know this. I, I, the technology part, I, my VCR still flashes 12. So fuck, I don't know. You know? So, so I, you know, I want to, I go out there and I want to show people fun bang for the buck. If they paid a hundred dollars for a ticket, they get a $500 show. It's clean, healthy, all the stuff that's, that's there, dangerous, all the things that they want to see, okay? That's what, I, that's what we want to do. It's not my piano, man. You know, it's not like fucking somebody sitting there trying to do some fucking art class. This isn't that. This is conquer the fucking world. Go out there, kick some ass. Have some fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And Alan, you're going to be watching the live stream, right, Alan? Come on. You're going to, you're going to be tuning in. Uh, for this one, I will. Yeah, of course, because it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be. I think, you know, it's going to be, listen. It's spectacle. Whatever, whatever you think of Kiss, Kiss is, and also Kiss is like Cracker Barrel, okay? There's four generations of people that come and eat here every day, okay? Uh, they come together. All right, so I have no idea how, why they want to have fun. They understand it. Come and have fun. We're in the sound of religious experience. It's about fucking having fun. You know, it's about, you know, we, we can have fun up. We can blow shit up. We can burn stuff up. You know, that's, that's what it is. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, I couldn't think of anything else I'd want to watch at New Year's Eve. No. I mean, you're either going to watch uh, some some New Year's Eve show live from not Times Square this year, or you're going to watch Kiss. I vote for Kiss. Well, that's, you know, or, uh, you know, just see a different side of the world. I always vote for Kiss. As yeah, you or know. just see the other side of the world. That's all. Not everybody's going to watch it, but I guess, guess what? Everybody's going to know they were out there. That's for sure. We're going to leave a mark. Okay, and and in Dubai, and, and it's a great place to go because it's safe. It's a very safe country. Okay, it's it's because they don't put up with any shit. Okay, so it's like, okay, come here, have a great time. We walk the streets. You know, I had a great time there. I've been there. I took GNR there. You know, to Abu Dhabi. So, um, but. You know, and I just think, I just think the people got to get off this shit and say, hey, you know, it's almost like I'm sick of this shit. Let's go build our lives. Let's go do our things. You have to do them differently and safe and quarantine and all the rest of the stuff. Fantastic. But get off your ass and go do something. Don't, don't sit here and be victim. Everybody's a fucking victim in this world. Okay, and it pisses me off. Okay, we're not victims. We we're here. We own our shit. Let's go do it. Let's get out there and do shit. Whatever it is, if it's if it's feeding people, if it's cleaning the fucking driveways while you're sitting there doing nothing, go do something. Don't just sit in the house and hope that somebody comes by and gives you a stimulus check. You know what I mean? Just fucking get out there and do something for your for your community, for your family, and for yourself. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing is so your self-entitlement, your self-power, you know, is what is really what we all have to get back to because this stuff here, this 
last four years or five years has just been fucking terrible. I can't. I don't watch TV. I can't watch TV. I watch movies and I watch, you know series and shit. But I can't watch the news. I won't watch the news anymore. I won't watch football. I won't watch. I don't watch any of this shit because I don't believe in using your shit for political and, and religious things. I agree okay? with that. It's, it's gotten way too political and way too religious. And that's the good thing about Kiss and, and a lot of the rock bands. That it's just, it's a nice escape. I like that escape. Uh, why would you ask a rock? Oh, no. Doc is frozen. The fuck do they know? Exactly. They're opinions. Okay. But when, when a rock star gives you his opinion, he's going to piss half the people off. No matter what he says. I, I agree. And, and I think Howard Stern said it best. You want to bring as many people under the tent as possible. So shut up. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Yes. That's, that's all. exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. You know, you, you, yeah. No matter what you say. Alan, uh, we, we're at an hour. Any, any, any follow, any last words? Or, Doc is no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say, Mitch, my point is proven. Doc is a far more interesting, far more entertaining, and far more worthwhile interview than most of his goddamn fucking clients. Case proven. Uh, well, I'm sorry if I got too crazy and talked too much. I, no, I, I, lo I love it. I could go on for. When you get yeah, we came for. We came for Doc. <laughs> well, I hope Alan, we. Uh, see each other again pretty soon you know this uh we're not getting any younger and does this world is oh you know i feel fantastic but you know as it is everybody gets older everybody does it i just uh i'm certainly not ready to throw the towel in and uh well i'll tell you doc i've been 27 for a fucking long time <laughs> that's about right yeah that's about right yeah. Well, thank you, Mitch. Always a pleasure. Alan, as always. Doc, I look forward to seeing you sometime when you're in the area. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear you talk. Well, thank you. Thank you. Like I said, I get a little worked up over this stuff. So That's the passion I wanted to see. Yes, and that's the passion I love. And it's, it's great stories. Great, great stories. So there you go. Uh, folks, of course, uh, the Dubai show Kiss 2020, goodbye, live from the Atlantis, uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2020, the largest live streaming event of the year. Uh, sign up, sign up early, buy one for your friends, and uh, enjoy it. That's all I'm going to say. Merci, folks. All right, guys. Take care. Good one, Doc.